The A-League starting this weekend. Um, fantastic. It's already started over in Europe. Fantastic uh, season underway. World Cup coming up. World Cup coming up. It's all oh. happening in the round ball game. And to talk to us, um, he's on the road at the moment, and that's Anne from Fox Sports. That's Andy Harper. G'day, Andy. Yeah, g'day, Jack. Well, how are you going? I've just, um, I've just managed to, to pull up on the freeway, oh. and I'm standing on the roof with my phone pointing skyward. Oh, goodness. You'd be proud of, you'd be proud of the efforts I've gone to. <laughs> I'm proud of you anyway for jumping on the phone with us. So that's... Uh, You've uh, gone above and beyond. Um, thank you so much. Um, now, tell us, um, huge A-League season ahead of us. Uh, looking forward to the grand final rematch on Friday. It's, it's a decent way to kick off the comp. It starts on Friday night, uh, as you say, the new season. Uh, Western United surprise winners of uh, the comp last year, and they take on the team they defeated, your Melbourne City, in the grand final last year. And um, they're really looking forward to this match to get first round underway. I reckon it's going to be a cracker. It uh, was here, mate. We see, too, that uh, some stars have returned. Um, is it Mariani that's that's returned? And, and what's the word on him at the moment? It's not, who's returned? Is it Mariani that's returned? Mariani. No. Now, is this, a, is this a pop quiz? No, no. Sorry, I might have got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, you took, maybe you might be referring to Alessandro Diamante. Yeah, I think so. Yep, that's the one. Uh, the Western United um, marquee player is Italian international. He missed the back end a lot or most of last season, including the grand final with a dicky D. Um, not of the Daryl Summers variety. <laughs> and he'll, he'll hopefully, well, depending on his off-season, uh, will hopefully be back to lead the charge for Western. Fantastic entertainer. And, you know, 39 years of age, he, he is the one now talking about perhaps this being his last season of professional football. If that is the case, he's fit and ready to play, then I could only recommend that people get out to watch him while they can because he's been fantastic. And what are some of the other big names that have that have come out? Well, Western United have been a little bit quiet on that front. I mean, they went out hard the first couple of years, as most new clubs need to. And Juno Lewis, the winning grand final winning coach, fantastic operator, um, has built a very stable roster, but it, 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 it hasn't moved a lot. And they've got Leo Lacroix, um, Nicolai Topol-Stanley. Uh, at the back, Josh Risden um, will be looking to get into World Cup calculations. Actually, their right fullback. Maybe two, their left fullback, Benny Garuccio, had a great season last year and, of course, scored that remarkable uh, scorpion kick uh, at Amy Park last season to put his name in international headlines. But, but there's more substance to Benny than just that, which is why a lot of people are talking about potential World Cup. For him, the problem for the A-League guys is they have a lot of competitive football matches before Graham Arnold has to pick the squad. But, you know, the, the, I guess the biggest names on the field, apart from Diamante, if he plays, will be lining up for Melbourne City. And there's three or four of them in the World Cup frame. Questions for them, how does the team recover from the loss of Conor Metcalf, who's gone to play in Germany? Uh, but they're bolstered by the return from injury of Aidan O'Neill, who's been fantastic for them. So, you know, you expect both of us to be very, very strong this season. Uh, and uh, it's a great way to get the, the, the comp going on Friday night. It's going to be huge. Now, how, how big is the first few games? I mean, you mentioned the World Cup then, and uh, obviously the squad needs to be named and, uh, you know, all that. How, how important is the first few games of uh, this season just to get your name up in lights? Well, I think it's very important for, for that reason, but also for the sake of the campaign. Um, you know, there's, there's not a lot of 
teams across all the footy codes in Australia, the seasons aren't long enough for teams to afford, by and large, to give anyone else a head start. Uh, and so the start to the, to the comp is of paramount importance. And, you know, in our comp, that, that's accentuated by the Australia Cup, which is based, for, from an A-League viewpoint, it's a pre-season competition. And I think you look back over the teams that have won the Australia Cup, most recently last week, of course, MacArthur, um, but every winner before that, and probably the finalists, include them in this discussion, have gone on to have very, very competitive seasons, uh, um, by which I mean they've qualified for finals and given it a real shake. Melbourne Victory and Central Coast Mariners just 12 months ago faced off for the Cup final and both made the, the finals themselves with really good seasons. Um, um, so, you know, that's a long-winded answer, but in the Aussie rules, the Rugby League, A-League football... Uh, with 20 odd, 27 rounds or whatever it is, comp to comp, there's not a lot of fat on the bone. It is very, very rare across all three of the comps uh, through their history to find a team that's been sitting bottom with 15 games played to come back and win the competition. So that starts from the get-go. You've got to get a good run-up and then the, the, there's the issue for individuals about getting yourself into the selection frame for the World Cup, which is another discussion. Uh, it's going to be a lot of debate around it, uh, and they've got a very short competitive time, the A-League guys, to get under Graham Arnold's nose. Now, if we go just to um, your history, and, and for me, it's got to be a lot of preparation, uh, with especially with some of the surnames that you've got to pronounce, It's um, and, and you never get it wrong. Well, that's because you don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, you just... You do your best you can, you don't always get them right, but out of respect for the people, um, the pictures of whom you're describing, you just do your best. Um, there are some fantastic practitioners, and I've worked with a lot of them in Australia at just being really fastidious. I mean, I know Billy Birmingham, uh, through through the 12th man, took the piss out of this sort of thing, and it was very, very funny. <laughs> yes. uh, but from our side of the fence, it's just a matter of respect for the athletes uh, whose actions you're calling, and, and you, you like it. You know, part of the one of the big things I love about football, and there's many, but I, I, just, I love the, the totally international flavour that it brings. And it, 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 you know, because of that, you, you, you do try as best as you can to get your tongue around some of these names. It's, it's not easy at times, but there you go, you have a crack. And we see a lot of our Australians are, are overseas at the moment, um, playing in the different leagues. How have you seen early form of those guys in, in the early rounds of uh, overseas leagues? Bruce, his coach, has talked him up big time. He said he's a quality player. There's no point bringing him 
and then just easing him into competition. Mm. We need him coming now, so that's good for us because that means Tommy's going to get 60 minutes plus each game as so long as he stays fit going into the World Cup and that might get, it, get an edge on him. Um, and then you've got Aiden Rustic, Aaron Moore. And Moore's playing at Celtic with, with Ange. He'll get more and more football. Champions League football as well. Brilliant. And Rustic moved to Italy. Let Pope get uh, regular football. And, and, and you know, that core of players uh, is something that can establish a foundation for our World Cup campaign. It is, and it's going to be a great campaign. Now, uh, Graham Arnold, of course, is the national coach, and he's done a fantastic job to get us this uh, this far. Is there any chance? Um, and you know, he's a great coach, of course, but um, clearly, Ange is the is the best coach in Australia. What, what's um, what's his limit? Do you think, Ange Postecoglou? No, I don't put one on him. No, um, and I think he'd be he'd be disappointed uh, having achieved what he's done in the manner in which he's achieved it to have other people put any limits on him. Um, uh, so it's a matter of opportunity. For, and Ange has used that word always about football in general. His own career and the opportunities the players and Australians need them and they'll prove if they're given that opportunity that they'll be able to deliver. On a coaching on a coaching platform, he's done that. Um, I'm the last person that's going to put any limitations. Uh, he's only going to be limited, limited by other people's expectations, by other people's and um, if, if there's someone there, you know, Ange could, I've got zero, zero doubt that Ange could run one of the top football clubs uh, in the world. And he's doing one of the biggest in Celtic. It's a massive football club. Treasures mm. the cup with that, we could, we could barely imagine. Uh, but he's handling that. He's, 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 he's thriving in that environment. Um, he's winning a lot of support. And he keeps, he keeps plugging away at Celtic in the Champions League. Uh, and I've got no doubt he'll end up further up the food chain, uh, which I expect to be in English any league at some point. Uh, and for one of the one of the one of the clubs with resources, like proper resources. So uh, there's no limits on Ange. It's just time. The only limitation on time on Ange is mortality and time. Oh, that's great. And, and how important is he to um, Australian football uh, being over um, and dominating um, the coaching ranks over there? Like, do, yeah. do Australians get more recognition because of him? Oh, they do. They do. It's one of the big things for us at the moment is international recognition. And we haven't got enough in a playing sense, not, not as we had it. We've got to work to invest to build that because it's very important for the game. And we've never had it with coaching. Uh, we've had it from time to time with the players, Kill, Vaduka, Ocon, Zelic, etc. Um, um, uh, but we've never had it with coaches. And Andrew is the first Australian who's internationally renowned. He's had to work hard to get there. It's been a, a long, um, a long and winding road, and one that he's had to forge himself. But he's, he, he has, in forging that trail, brought more attention. You look at what's happening in Japan now. There's three or four Aussies in Japan in the J League. I mean, Kevin Musket. Uh, here's one for your for your program. Uh, another Victorian, a very proud Victorian, of course, a famous Victorian, yeah. is on the verge of, of repeating what Ange did at Yokohama F. Marinos. I mean, he's a bee's dick away from winning the J League. It, it's an incredible mm. achievement. And, of course, there's a lot of talk about him now coming back to coach the Socceroos uh, at the end of this campaign if Graham Arnold's not, not, um, not kept on. So Ange has established that. He'll continue to do that. Um, He's, he's quite a formidable coach. He, he, he really is quite quite amazing and doing incredible things. And the, and the beneficiaries 
as that is a clutch of young Aussies, young compared to me, um, <laughs> who can now have an eight go because of the path that we'd have to clear by air. Yes, yes. What about the coaching ranks? I mean, obviously, Graham Arnold's holding it at the minute, but do, do you see a change perhaps before the World Cup? No. Oh, God, no. No, no, no. He, he, when we were talking Japan and Saudi, the last couple of group qualifying games, when, when the thing was was going tits up, then I think, um, I think Graham's position was very tenuous. Um, but... I mean, massive credit to him. He rose up that storm and the players with him, and they won those two knockout matches to get through to the World Cup. Uh, and so that storm for him has passed. There's no risk at all of him not coaching, I think, you know, unless some other life force kicks in. Uh, he will be coaching the Socceroos at the World Cup, and rightly so. He's earned that. Um, but the talk has always been Graham, Graham's the coach for this cycle, and when this cycle finishes, so will his tenure. And we'll wait and see if that's exactly what happens, but that's what's on the public record so far. And, and what's what's your expectations for the World Cup? I mean, we're obviously a, a couple of months out from it, but uh, do you have any expectations going in and uh, how the Socceroos will go? Yeah, I think I've got a puncher's chance. You know, I really do. Um, and then, you know, World Cup and tournament play, tournament play is about the difference beast altogether. You know, uh, an 18-game qualifying phase, that's a long road to haul. Um, it's a 27 home and away round of, of club football. You know, that's a, that's a long thing to plan for. Um, three games in a tournament, anything can happen. Seriously, anything can happen. Um, and I think we're better than a puncher's chance when you consider the vagaries of tournament play, um, that, you know, you plot your way through with realistic expectations. France are coming in uh, off the field and a lot of turbulence. It, it, it's been an issue for them before. Sometimes it affects their campaign, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the personality clashes in the defending world champion um, squad at the moment, France, whom we play, uh, might be a factor. If we get through that game relatively unscathed, uh, you, you, then you reset your sights for Denmark um, and you pick up, you know, arguably a draw with Denmark, uh, which is totally feasible, did that last time. Uh, and then uh, an opportunity will be easy uh, at all. But you go into this game and you think of the three, Tunisia probably is the most winnable for us. I mean, so you get to that game and, and you know, I, I believe a win is possible. So there's your puncher's chance. <laughs> a player gets set off, someone gets injured, a refereeing howler, the France pressing room blows up. Um, and, and <laughs> the Aussie is strong and stable yep. uh, with a well planned campaign. They could get through the next round, which would just be a Herculean achievement if that happened. It, it will. It will. Oh, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Now, I want to, I want to chat to you uh, probably closer to the event, Andy, um, if that's okay. But uh, this day, I mean, what, would you, what was your first reaction? I was, well, 10 years ago now. What was your first reaction to Abu Dhabi hosting this, uh, for, uh, the World Cup? I mean, it's a bit strange. Well, uh, first, it's not Abu Dhabi. Oh, what you're <laughs> Melbourne City are owned by the royal family of Abu Dhabi. Uh, of the World in Qatar, one of the other Emirates, but they, right. remained, they remained independent. Well, I was with my employer of the time, Fox Sports, um, in Zurich for the announcement of the World Cup. So you'll remember there were two announced. Australia was bidding for 2022. Yep. Um, this could be our World Cup, actually, if the corruption wasn't so right. Um, but at the time, and I reported at the time for Fox Sports, um, they're just devastated. 
uh, the whole world was a gas. I mean, the politicians behind the scenes walking around with, with smirks on their faces knowing what was about to be delivered uh, as an announcement, um, um, no one really saw coming because it was, it's just, it was just thought of as a joke, really. Mm. Uh, a joke because uh, not that an Arab country shouldn't have rights to hosting the World Cup. In fact, watching the presentations as we did as media, um, I remember uh, there was a, a female representative for this, I, I think the Qatari royal family, but please, I don't want anyone to nail me on that point of detail, but she was very, very impressive in her position, whatever her role was. And the line that she said has really stuck with me, and it's a very reasonable line about an Arab country hosting, and if not now, when? And I thought, you know, that's a really good, that, that was a really fair point to make. The problem with Qatar at the time, and, you know, and the time since hasn't really dealt with this at all, because you can't, was uh, a small country where the World Cup played in the Northern Hemisphere summer, so that's June, July, uh, in a Gulf country where the, where the temperatures are 48 to 52 degrees during the day. I mean, it, was, it just defied logic. It was just nonsense, complete and utter nonsense. Yes. Uh, and then guess what happens? A few months later, they decide to um, disrupt the entire global football calendar and move the World Cup to just, uh, November, December. Um, and they won the World Cup on the basis of, don't worry about the heat, we're going to air-condition the stadiums. And it was just, it, it just, that was just the start of the unrolling, yep. uh, high-rolling confusion about the whole thing. Anyway, it's here now. It's here there. Uh, it's here now. We look forward to it. I'm sure the locals will put on a really good tournament. Yep. Uh, and I can't wait to see, well, you won't like watching the football. I think the Socceroos could do well. Yes. I can't wait to watch that. We should, we should. Uh, hope so. Yep. Now, yep. uh, just, uh, just one last one, uh, Andy. So we're talking to Andy Harper, um, uh, Australian football legend. Uh, A-League this weekend. Uh, well, A-League for the season, just want to crystal ball it, mate. Do you have – who's use your roughie to take it out? A roughie? Well, I think MacArthur would be my roughie, even though they just won the Cup. Uh, so they shouldn't be that much of a roughie. But, again, Cup form's sometimes translates directly into the season to follow. So I think MacArthur is certainly one to watch. Yep. Uh, I'm expecting, hoping slash expecting for massive rebounds from Sydney FC after not making the finals last year and then moving back into the incredible new Sydney Football Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to be some experience for the fan. Um, and then the Western Sydney Wanderers across town. I mean, seven, eight years is enough of no finals. Uh, so if, if they can, you know, there'll be shockwaves going through the comp. If they get, get a roll on again, that'd be great. Um, but I'm expecting massive things from Melbourne Victory. You know, I, I think this is the season where on-field and off-field, they start changing the game again. Um, and certainly if it happens off-field, it'll go through on the field and Tony Popovich will probably go close to winning the comp. So um, he's got an incredible track record, although grand finals have eluded him. Uh, and that's what I'm saying, maybe Melbourne Victory MacArthur. Emma too. Here's your toe, right? oh, well, there we go. No Melbourne City, but that's all right. That's we'll, all right. Uh, we, we might get... I have to provide some balance because you just granted them hosting rights for the World Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> they, should, they should have it. They should have it at Casey at the World Cup final. Um, they, hey, Andy, we might leave it there, mate. We just want to thank you so much for your time. Hopefully we can go get you on before the World Cup and uh, throughout, maybe even throughout it um, if you're not busy. But uh, thank you so much for your time tonight. No worries. Go your hardest.
Thanks, Ryan. Good to mate. There we go. Andy Harper. That was a long time standing on the roof of his car with his <laughs> arm in the air. He did well. <laughs> he done very well for us.